and this is really difficult for me to talk about. I, I did not anticipate this. Um... The Your Life Sucks podcast, destigmatizing mental health through discussion. Hi, all, and welcome to the first Your Life Sucks podcast. This podcast was created by teenagers for teenagers in order to grade in the conversation about mental health and to really destigmatize it. We have, for our first episode, a great guest. We have Hannah Winter coming Hello. from Riverdale, New York. She's a rising junior at SAR High School. So we will start right away. Yep. Hannah, hi. you there? I'm Hi, good. how Smooth are you? Transition there, bud. Um, I'm I'm pretty good. Yeah, happy to be here. All right, so mm-hmm. let's let's start. Tell me when when these this this part of your life well, started to happen before before um Corona became a real concern. It was mm-hmm. March second. And it was a beautiful Monday morning, and I had a pretty good day. Um, I had lunch with three people who were starting to become some of my new friends. I had gotten out of a little bit of a breakup situation a little bit, but I was starting to get over it, and I was talking to someone new, and it was all very fun and exciting. Um, and I had play rehearsal, which was really good and something that I really enjoy. So it was a really good start. And a really nice place um, that I was in my life and my mental health journey. And I really felt like I had a lot of things to look forward to. And then the next day, um, Mm -hmm. they announced that we weren't going to be going back to school, which at first was going to be temporary. So we were all like feeling like, oh, whatever, like we're going to go back in like a week. It's this is a nothing situation and definitely not going to be something to be concerned about in the long run. And then when it became that I was definitely not mentally prepared. So what I call that, like what I call my feelings at the beginning of the situation, as I was very theatrically sad, where it was just, I was like crying all the time. Essentially, I would would get on Zoom calls and I would sort of just, you know, like just sit there and hysterically cry like in the middle of class. I, I was so angry and I was so sad and it was an overwhelming sadness. It wasn't like, It wasn't what I would call when I'm really sad. It was like, I was like, it was intense and theatrical, as I was saying. And my grandmother passed away, which was difficult Mm. because I didn't really, I couldn't have anyone over to, you know, hang out with me or distract me or make me feel better. And then I had this breaking point with my mom where she, we had dinner one night and I was just not feeling it. And she sat me down and she said, you seem really angry. And I said, yeah, (laughs) I, I really am. I feel like I got this piece of my life taken away from me. And, you know, sophomore year, which a lot of people refer to as like one of the best years of high school and sort of your last taste of some sort of freedom and I wasn't having the best year to be honest, so I don't know like why I was <laughs> why I was like so upset. Um this definitely was not an A plus mm-hmm. year, but like I still was really upset and you know, a lot of my friends um who just graduated, they're leaving and I feel like I lost a lot of time with them. And I explained that to my mom and she said, It's okay to feel that way, but you have to realize that like 
you're not alone in this. And I think that you think you're the only one who feels this way right now because you, you're shutting yourself off and you're not talking to you're not talking to your family about it. You're not talking to your friends about it. And you're sort of just letting the emotional responses, the crying, the yelling, whatever it is, um, take over. And you have to express yourself more in order to deal with those feelings. And that was a good moment. And I felt myself starting to return to a little bit of somewhat normal afterwards. And then we had Pesach, which was, it was a nice break. And I really, I think Mm -hmm. that that was a good time for me. And I reconnected with a lot of friends who I had not fallen out with, but I hadn't really, you know, I hadn't really talked to them since Corona began. Um, And I started taking walks, which actually I think was a good step in the right direction for me. And I spent a lot of time with my family and we Mm -hmm. just talked and played games. And Pesach to me sometimes feels like a big drag. Like the Seder could be so boring and, you know, there's no, like, food is just not good on Pesach. And it's like, to me, definitely not my favorite Jewish holiday, but it didn't really feel like it happened at all because we were just all, you know, like entertaining each other and having fun. And then when I got back to school was really when the steady decline of my unhealthy behavior started. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's, um, let's hear about well, it. Well, okay. So skip about two weeks after Pesach. Getting back into school for me was really difficult and I started doing school in bed because I was just too tired and sad to really get out it was just this really abrupt start to something that I had had a break from for so long like Pesach break I'm not even I think it's just two weeks but because class had been so draining beforehand that break sort of was like a taste of what the freedom felt like and then it was like throwing me right back in I started skipping classes. I went for really long walks and I was isolating myself from my family. I had done classes all at my dining room table for like the whole entire time before that. And then I just started doing them from my bedroom and not really seeing my family except for when I would go down to get myself some breakfast and when I would eat dinner with them. And then I'd say the real the real perpetrator in this situation was um there's this one day it was Yomat's mood I believe and you know I my mom she took out the scale for something I don't remember but I was like oh I'm gonna weigh myself and this is really difficult for me to talk about I I did not anticipate this um Mm -hmm. thank you Mm -hmm. Um, you're doing great I um, I stepped on the scale and I had gained 12 pounds. And for me, like weight and my body is something, it's, it's very difficult for me. Um, I'm a, you know this because, you know, like we're real life friends, but I'm a very open person about relationships, about how I'm feeling, about like my mental health. But weight gain is something and like weight gain or weight loss just that in general is a really difficult spot for me and I gained 12 pounds and I didn't Mm -hmm. feel or look any different I just it was just the number um and that sort of proves that it's sort of Mm -hmm. bogus because I was sort of walking around beforehand sort of being 
unaware of my body at all. And literally immediately after all I could do was think about that people Mm -hmm. were looking at me and that I looked different in my clothes and all of this stuff. And so I started to, um, I started skipping meals and I started restricting what I was eating. So I would wake up in the morning and I would have like a banana and then I wouldn't eat anything. And then I'd go on like a two hour walk and I'd come back and the the issue that I don't think I understood about skipping meals was that it all comes back to bite you because it doesn't matter if you're skipping the meals because then whatever meals you are having, you gorge yourself because you're so hungry. So mm-hmm. I would eat a lot at dinner because I literally wouldn't be eating anything else besides for like bananas or apples throughout the day. And then I'd like be super angry at myself for doing what I was doing. Um, And I checked the scale really often. I got a nutritionist who wasn't, it wasn't really the best environment for me. And I was just confused as an activist and as a feminist because diet culture is so toxic. You know, it was, it was really hard. And, you know, guilt aside from weight gain, it's like, I forgot to, I, I just began to feel like I was a terrible sister and a daughter and that these feelings that I was feeling, this really, really monotone sadness, which to me, like in comparison to this theatrical sadness that I was talking about before, this to me is like when I'm really sad is when it's like, so it's a low energy thing. It's just a constant backdrop to how I'm feeling. It's not like, Oh, I'm crying. And then I'm not crying. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm just, this one one note level of sad and it just sort of stays there and I just felt like this sadness and this guilt over my weight it was making everyone around me feel bad and so what I so what I did was I would just isolate myself more like I just wouldn't even I would barely leave my room and the only time I would really leave it was to go for walks which again was staying away from people and the result of that, it's sort of just like a domino effect that I was staying up late as well, not eating, um, again, taking the long walks and ignoring people I like because I was sort of just thinking in my head, I can't call this person because I know that as soon as I see their face, I'm just going to completely spill everything that I'm feeling. And I don't want to burden another person with this irrefutable sadness that I'm feeling. And it sort of all came to a head when, well, it, it was a few things. I, I went out one day for a walk and I was really, really sad. And I called one of my friends and I talked to her for a little bit and I was just telling her how guilty I was feeling. And it was the first time I really got it off my chest, so it felt good. But then I got back to my house and I realized that while I was away, my brother, he was in Memphis at the time, and he was going to propose to his now fiance. And it like they were going to FaceTime us before it happened because it was going to be like a big deal, and we were going to watch it through FaceTime, and it was super exciting. And I came back, and I realized that I missed it. And I just mm. felt so, so awful. And um, a little bit after that, my one of my best friends in the whole world, she called me up and she said, hey, I, I want to just say sorry to you because I feel like I'm like annoying you and I feel like you never want to talk to me anymore. And I basically just told her everything I was 
feeling and how it wasn't her fault. And the fact that she was feeling that way sort of just, it, it reaffirmed how I was feeling. I'm even more of a burden. And then she's like, she basically told me, she's like, I'm here to listen to you. Your feelings are completely valid. And I'm always going to be here to listen to you. And you don't have to deal with things on your own. But I really took away from that. And what came out of those two things is I apologized to my family, even though it wasn't complete. It's, it's not my fault, but I felt like I owed them an explanation. Mm-hmm. Um, I sat them all down at the dinner table and I basically said that I'm really sad. And <laughs> I, the, that behavior and what was resulting of that was coming out in a way that it made it look like I didn't want to be around them and that I didn't like them when in reality, it was me trying to, you know, save them from having to deal with these feelings that I was feeling. And I said that I was going to show up more and that I wanted to be around more. And I started hanging out with friends who make me really happy rather than drain me emotionally. And I threw myself into things that I love. Um, I started doing more things for school with art and music online. And I even though it wasn't all the things that I hoped it would be if it was in person, it was still something to do. And I started getting up in the morning and actually getting dressed because that helps me feel ready for the day. And I found things that make me happy, like RuPaul's Drag Race. And I recognize that even though right now I feel like I'm in a much better place, the journey is never over. And the things that we find that make us happy and that create this balance are not the end result. It's not like this thing is always going to work. It's not that this is what's saving you or what's changing you because you're great the way you are. This is, Mm -hmm. this is something that's helping you right now. And that Mm -hmm. thing might change in the future. And that's also okay. And it's okay to realize that as people we're always changing and you know it's just annoying because we work so hard and we think that when we find something that works it's going to work forever but it's not over yet and we have to if we if we love ourselves and if we want our lives to be great we have to realize that we have to find new things sometimes and it's we have to work hard and it's and it's difficult yeah, but definitely it's what we do because we we want to have good lives and we want the people around us who we love to also have good lives yeah thank you so much for your story hannah just just one one question to wrap Mm -hmm. this all up how can the greater teenage community bring the topic of mental illness to the ground and make it normal for one to speak about their issues with their peers Hmm. good question then um i think that something like this, like what we're doing right now, really special and important. And I also think Mm -hmm. that putting mental health in, in, um, in the limelight in media that we consume, like on Instagram or in the TV shows that we watch, it's just, it's really interesting because that you say that because I was, I was on YouTube yesterday and there's this show on Netflix. I don't watch it. It's called Alexa and Katie. And it's for, like, tween audiences. And there was a clip from it. It's, it's a Netflix show. And I follow Netflix on YouTube, obviously. Um, so there mm-hmm. was a clip that said, I don't know, like, Jason helps Katie with her panic attack. 
and obviously panic attacks suck. Um, but I found I found it so interesting how when I was younger, and we were watching TV and we had like Victorious and I don't even know iCarly and Good Luck Charlie. It's like they would never ever ever refer to sadness or. Yeah anxiety as depression and anxiety they would say like oh she's just feeling a little anxious today or like if anyone was ever sad it was because like it was it was for you know like there was a reason behind it it was like oh she her boyfriend just broke up with her or oh she had one of her relatives just passed away which obviously these are very reasonable things to be sad about um but they never referred to it in a mental health respect there was never any of that Um, And I think that now that it's being more normalized and it's being put to the front in this media that not only us as teenagers, but younger kids are consuming, then by the time they reach our age and later, they're going to know what these things are and they're going to recognize that it's normal and that, you know, Katie from their favorite Netflix TV show she had a panic attack and her friend was able to help her and there are ways to get help and it's okay to ask for help. That is something so important that we should always be telling ourselves and telling our friends that when these things happen, you don't have to deal with it all on your own. And I think that that clip, I didn't watch it, but maybe, maybe I'll look it up later and I'll watch it. But um, (laughs) It shows that it shows a perfect arc of someone who's struggling with anxiety and told someone about it, which is such a powerful thing. And I think to, to answer your question, I think that a way that we could destigmatize mental health for ourselves, for the younger generation, for the older generation, is by um, bringing it to the forefront in media, like I had just explained, and talking about it, which is what we're doing right here. And what so many people, Mm -hmm. so many brave people are doing online right now and what our school has started to do for the mental health community. And I think that that's really important and it really helps show teenagers and show the world um, what our values are and who we are and the fact that mental health is normal and we all have it and we all have ups and downs and disorders and yeah. I completely agree with you. And uh, thank you for being one of those brave people who is willing to share their story. Stop it. All right. Thank you, Hannah, for coming on. And thank you all for listening to the Your Life Sucks podcast. Bye.